0: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire back with you guys, and we have a game in the books. Uh, sorry, my schedule kind of got a little crowded and it got a little uh, difficult to get in some uh, pregame podcast. but we're here for the postgame podcast, so excited to get back with you guys and excited to talk about a win. I mean, you know, not that we... Uh, really look at the scores all that much, but the Panthers did come away with a win on Thursday night to open up the preseason. 23-13 was the final over the uh, over the Chicago Bears, so good, good start to the preseason for the Panthers, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, mostly a couple of players I want to touch on uh, I'll obviously tout my winners and losers article that I wrote over at Panthers Wire, so we'll kind of touch on, on that first. Uh didn't put too many losers uh, in this game. I'll, I'll kind of get those those out of the way. I really only put two players in the losers category because, I mean, for one, you really can't uh, – it's really hard to find losers – from uh, from a week one preseason game, especially in a game where a lot of the starters didn't play, as, as you guys obviously noticed, not many of the, the uh, quote unquote actual players um, played in that game. And you know, let me rephrase refer- it. Like, I mean, you guys don't know the players that we expect to see. At when the regular season comes along in a few weeks a lot of them got the rest obviously cam Newton didn't play uh, pretty much pretty much all the uh, the offensive line did not play or the starting offensive line did not play uh, McCaffrey obviously didn't play a lot of the receivers didn't play really a majority vast majority of the starters didn't play on Thursday but it did allow for some young players to step in and kind of make their case. So in in that sense, you know, you, again, for me, it was hard to find losers because for for one, no one really looked bad, to be quite honest. There, there was one player that I thought certainly struggled, and especially for kind of the, the expectations that at least I was starting to get from him, he was kind of a, a little disappointed. But other than that, really hard to kind of, Pull one of these young guys and say, he had a bad game, and this, that, and the other. Um, But that one player I'm talking about in particular is Greg Little. He, if you guys go back and watch Greg Little, and I'm sure a lot of you kind of felt this way too, if you're able to catch some of his plays, but he struggled yesterday. He he definitely struggled. Um, There were a lot of plays, I thought... Where you know he struggled holding his blocks, or he just flat out whiffed on a block. He pre- pretty much was was made to look silly, and so and it, obviously it's it's his first game. You know he maybe had some first game jitters or whatever the case may be. So maybe he was nervous, but um, and it's I mean it's not like he hasn't gotten reps. We know he's gotten in there with the second team and with Darryl Williams sitting, he got the start, but uh, he he definitely struggled. There's, there's no doubt about it. And I think this kind of further cements the possibility that Darryl Williams will be the starting left tackle in week one and Greg Van Roden will be the starting left guard. So it's, you know, again, it's only one week of the preseason there's still time for him to develop, but right now it's kind of hard to think that Greg Williams right now is gonna crack the starting lineup. So um, but in a way that's not bad though too, because we we went into this, you know, even when he was drafted, he kind of went into this thinking, there was a possibility he was going to start on the bench. It's not like we were thrusting him right into the starting lineup. We knew there was a chance he would get into the starting lineup, but it was never a 100% guarantee. And I think right now that's kind of the the road we're looking on, unless he suddenly turns things around and just um, blows everyone's minds over the next three weeks. But don't really see that happening at this point. So I – uh, and, I, and I think they'll be fine with Daryl Williams there at left tackle. Uh, he's just right now got to kind of uh, hold his own as far as uh, as far as the tackle spot, so that you know they don't have to uh, thrust uh, De- thrust Greg Williams and or Greg Little, merging two players into one, so they don't have to thrust Greg Little in there as soon as possible. But for me. Probably the biggest "quote unquote" loser was uh, was Greg Little. The only other person I put on the losers article or in the losers section was Elijah Holyfield, and I kind of felt a little dirty doing that too. Um, but spoiler alert: I did put him in the winners section as well, so I did share the wealth because yes, he had he did have a very good game. He had, he scored two touchdowns. Really came into his own as the game wore on, you know, showing that elusiveness, showing that speed that he showcased a lot of while he was at Georgia. Obviously, the 40-yard dash is what derailed his draft stock and ultimately led him to going undefeated or undefeated. What What? what it was it? How do you go undefeated in the draft? Oh, my goodness gracious. Undrafted. Oh, boy. That's the joys of uh, doing this kind of live, folks, but undrafted in April. But we cannot ignore the fumble that he had and that he lost. And as we know, and as I wrote in the piece, when you're fighting for a roster spot at the running back position, especially if you are an undrafted rookie like Elijah Holyfield is fumbles in the preseason can be very costly. Um, they, you know, it's it's almost like we could think of it like a point system where, you know, strong plays get you so many points and turnovers take away so many points. Um, so in that sense, I think he probably still came away with a positive number If we're kind of grading him in that sense, but obviously his, uh, his point total could have been a little higher if it wasn't for that, for that lost fumble last night. So he's still fighting, I think for roster spot, but he definitely made a case for himself. Like I said, that's why I put him in both the winners category and the losers category. Because again, while you can't ignore the fumble, while that hurts him a bit, uh, two touchdowns is two touchdowns, no, no matter who you are. And um, so, overall, I think you can say you can definitely say that Holyfield made a very good first impression in the uh, in the preseason. And really, that's that's what the preseason usually is all about too: is finding these young players, finding these undrafted players that. Make the most of their opportunity and really shine in these opportunities as well. You know, if you if you followed Twitter last night, you know that the same thing was being done with Preston Williams of uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, who had a their undrafted receiver who had himself a very good preseason debut. So it's it's always fun. It's always fun to watch that to watch these young guys that no one's really talking about really get an opportunity to shine and state their case to to uh, to making these NFL rosters. And Holyfield kind of did that himself on Thursday night. So looking forward to seeing him hopefully get some more reps as the preseason goes on and continue to make his case to make this 53-man roster.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason – Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So before we talk about the other winners from last night, I want to take a moment, of course, to thank a couple of our great sponsors here at the Locked On Podcast Network, starting with our buddies, Over at BlueChew.com. Hey guys, let's talk about sex real quick. And we're talking about good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed by visiting BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue, B-L-U-E, which brings you the the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready to go whenever that opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can help you get your follow-through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special offer for you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free by using our promo code LOCKEDON. All you have to do is just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word. Try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And also brought to you today by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you are interested in running your own business, text 5star to 87000 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your business with 5star painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in business and the best at business. With 5star painting, you'll be the you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business, to meet your personal and professional goals, and you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and, and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about how a 5-star painting franchise can help you get to where you want to go faster than going at it alone. Again, text F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So as we jump back into it now, a couple more winners from Thursday night. And got to talk about Brian Burns real quick. How good was Brian Burns? He he just continues to be as advertised. He had two sacks last night. He just continues to show just so many tremendous moves and athletic ability and everything that just made him so good at at Florida State and made him a highly talked-about prospect throughout 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 the draft process leading up to... Uh, april's draft he's just so good guys and you guys saw it he's just so good and he's going to be a force on this team Um, he's exactly what the panthers needed he needed that young explosive edge rusher and he's just he's just going to continue to get better and it was really fun to watch him play last night so definitely one of the bigger winners for me from thursday night and then i also talked about the two punt returners i actually kind of grouped them together terry godwin and Rashad Ross. They both both had some nice returns on Thursday night, so it's really helping the, the, the punt return competition heat up. I think both players definitely are showing they are worthy of having that punt return role. They can both handle it. Obviously, I don't think they're both going to stick because you have so many wide receivers that I don't think there's going to be room for both of these guys. In the end, I think... Um, if one of these guys shows well enough, they'll stick and be the returner while the other may still end up on the practice squad if they, don't get cla- me, if they don't get claimed by anybody. But the fact that these two are competing so well and seemingly handling the job so well, obviously this means Christian McCaffrey doesn't have to do it as much. DJ Moore doesn't have to do it as much. It means they can be fresher when they come out on offense, which will allow the offense to be more explosive, which will allow the team in general to be more explosive. It's all a domino effect and all in in such a positive effect. And so it's really nice to see these young guys, you know, and we knew Terry Godwin had been getting reps and doing well. And again, even when Rashad Ross was signed by the Panthers, we knew that he was bringing – Return experience from his time, his short time, obviously, in the Alliance. So we knew there was going to be uh, some good competition there, and it's nice to see that competition continue to build as we have now started the preseason. So they played well, and then, kind of in a in a funny mood, I put Joey Sly as one of the winners as well, and not necessarily. For the Panthers, um, this was more kind of, because again, if you go back and see the game, you'll you'll know that Joey Sly kicked well for his uh, first NFL action. Three for three and an extra point, including a 55-yard successful attempt. So he certainly showed well, and we know a lot of these NFL teams now like to go with the The younger version, uh, the cheaper route, as far as these kickers go. Now, it it doesn't sound like doesn't sound like Sly's going to stick on the team because Ron Rivera uh, pretty emphatically stated that this is not a kicking competition. So that tells me right there that Graham Gano's job is safe. He noted that Graham Gano just. Had a lot of kicks at camp. So I guess this was just Sly's opportunity to get some kicking reps himself. So Gano's going to be the guy. So ultimately, Sly's going to get cut. But so far, he's made a good first impression. And if you look over at the Chicago Bears, they're still kind of having kicking woes. They still can't seem to shake that off. They did make a field goal and an extra point, and we were all celebrating, but they did also miss a field goal during the game. And I think it was from uh, 40-some yards. Actually, I think I saw somewhere that it was, if I looked at it right, I think I saw it was 43 yards. And if that's right, then, oh boy, they just can't seem to shake 43-yard field goals, can they? So. Not necessarily putting two and two together right now, but I wouldn't be totally surprised if Joey Sly eventually makes his way to the Windy City. Who knows? Maybe uh maybe maybe the Bears found the winner of their kicking competition and he's not even on the roster right now. Which would be uh quite interesting. But a good show good showing for Joey Sly, you know, good for him and uh, Hopefully he does stick somewhere. Like, like we saw, it's so a lot of these young guys end up sticking somewhere. You know, it's like last year the Panthers for a short time had a uh, Chandler Catanzaro when uh, when when Graham Gano was out. But you know, you're still giving a lot of money to Graham Gano, so I think they're going to let that play out. But at this point, it would not surprise me if Joey Sly. Eventually becomes a Chicago Bear, and it's up to him to try to turn things around for Chicago's kicking game. Uh, but o- overall, you had to like what what you saw at the Panthers. I mean, you know, tough to really have two many takeaways. It's only Week One. Uh, I did like that play that Rashawn Golden made, uh, pretty much blitzing right through and knocking. I think that was Chase Daniel at the time at quarterback, um, but kind of knocking him down and knocking the ball loose. It wound up being an incomplete pass, but a good hustle there from Golden as he tries to fight for a starting spot. Uh, Ron Rivera did say that the starters are going to get a little bit of work next week when they take on the bills. So, and of course the Panthers will have joint practices with the bills. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be good. I got a chance to, Watched some of the Bills last night as well. Uh, Josh Allen seemed to continue to be Josh Allen. He was kind of hit and miss. Frank Gore got involved a little bit. I was a little a little surprised at first to actually see Frank Gore play. Just because of, obviously, his uh, how much of a veteran he is. But I guess just to help get him acclimated with his new team and get him some reps with the Bills. So... From that sense, I could understand him getting a couple touches. I mean, again, it's the first preseason game. You're not going to have your starters out there all that much, you know. And Josh Allen really didn't play all that much either. And if you, you you watch across the NFL last night, you saw that as well. The the starters either played one series or they didn't play at all. You know, the game between the Giants and the Jets, you actually saw both starting quarterbacks. In the game, you saw Eli Manning get a series for the Giants, and you saw Sam Darnold get a series for the Jets, and Sam Darnold played well, led led a good drive, and then Daniel Jones came in and, you know, just kind of touching on things uh, across the league, but Daniel Jones came in, and he, he led a real good drive. He actually looked good. Now, again, we're, we're talking probably about mostly second- and third-teamers that Jones was up against, but still... He went out there. He looked poised. Made some nice throws. Led a touchdown drive. He looked good. And then the lightning came, <laughs> and that had to sh- and they had to shut him down because you're not because I, I don't think they put him out there after they came back from the suspended game because you're not going to play him and then have him sit and then throw him back out there. So I think it wound up only being one series for Daniel Jones, but he did go five for five. So he had some nice takeaways from from his first preseason game and same with another rookie Kyler Murray, six of seven and wound up being his only drive of the game against the Chargers. Um, I heard somewhere that there was some weird rules explanation that caused one of his passes to be switched to an incomplete pass. So that prevented him from having a perfect night of, uh, I guess, seven for seven. But he did go uh, 6-7 for and I think led the touchdown drive, again, before being pulled early in the game. So, again, like we knew, you know, you obviously don't see that often with rookies, one series and done. But, obviously, we know going in that that Kyler Murray is going to be the starter for the Cardinals. So, it makes a lot of sense. You know, on the one hand, you would have thought Murray would have got some more reps, but again there are a couple more preseason games especially when you get to week 3 and the regular season tune enough that's when murray is really going to start to get his starters rep. so it so on the other hand it makes sense that kyler murray is only going to get the one the one series in the first preseason game and then you'll build on his work as uh, as the regular season roll or as the preseason rolls on but overall, it was a solid first day of of preseason. You know, a couple more games, of course, tonight. I think there's three games tonight and three games tomorrow. And then I think that'll, that wraps up week one of the preseason. So the Bears are now in the rearview mirror. And, of course, the Panthers do not play the Bears in the regular season. So uh, effectively, no more talking about the Bears unless they meet in the playoffs. But for now... No bears, so uh, won't get to talk to Lauren this year, which kind of sucks. But uh, obviously, looking forward to talking to Peter when the Panthers play the, who actually is the NFC North representative on their schedule, and that of course being the Packers. But now it is full steam ahead, focusing on the Buffalo Bills, at least in terms of uh, them being their next opponent. It's not like you're really game planning for them, but. Um, Their next opponent is, of course, next week against the Bills. And again, the Panthers will have joint practices with the Bills. And then it's the regular season tune-up against the Patriots. And then, of course, wrapping up the preseason against the Steelers. So one game down, and the Panthers have one win in the books in the preseason. So that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Remember to follow me, of course, on Twitter at Bill underscore SETI, R I C C E T T E. Follow the podcast. Uh, you can stream it on um, Himalaya, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast listening pleasure. We're there. Uh, and of course, follow all my work all across all the sites, including, of course, Panthers Wire. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. And until next time, Bill Rosetti signing off, and we will see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.